Hello, this is Roy Lilly. Well, be honest, have you ever made a bad decision? Well, of course you have. We all have. Most of the time it doesn't matter, but every once in a while it does. There are very few decisions in our lives that aren't fixable and very few people in our lives who make decisions that are irrevocable. But there is one group who do make decisions that can change a big chunk of our lives and they are politicians. So why do they so often seem to get it wrong? There's no point in asking why bad people make bad decisions. The answer is because they're bad people. If you accept the proposition that there are people in Westminster that don't go through the torture of getting elected just to make a few quid, we're left with the question, why do good people make bad decisions? There are three reasons. The first is self-interest. No, not just bad people make decisions in self-interest. Acts of inappropriate self-interest. Self-interest biases judgment. Think of a humble backbench MP. New members soon learn they're only the cannon fodder for their party in the lobbies to vote. Much of what else they do doesn't matter. The work of an MP is overwhelmingly casework. Constituents at the end of the rope come to them to intervene in the complexity of benefits, housing, custody and the law. For an MP, an experienced caseworker in their office is vital. But let's suppose a matter comes to a vote in Parliament. The party hierarchy would expect the MP to vote in the way they're told, hence the expression, toe the party line. What if the way the party has decided to vote contradicts the view of the MP? A case in point might be the upcoming row over gender recognition and the powers of the Scottish Parliament. An MP might not be in favour of the changes to the law, but because the party managers see this as a power struggle between Westminster and Edinburgh, they might be prevailed upon to vote contrary to their conscience. With an eye on their career prospects and a way out of the wilderness of the backbenches and into the ranks of junior ministerialship, they'll make their decision to vote in favour of innocent self-interest. Next, misleading memories. Decisions made on what happened before. Often experience can be a guide and on other occasions the absence of experience and equal handicap. Thinking about how the NHS was decimated during the 1999 flu epidemic and how recovering the service needed a huge injection of cash comes to mind. We've forgotten what it actually takes to get the NHS back on its feet. Money. Memories come with the emotional tags that make them stick as memories. For many MPs, misleading memories about the miners' strike during the Thatcher years may well colour their view of industrial relations today. After serious episodes of industrial unrest, governments have generally reached for legislation. The Sunak government is doing it now, legislating to narrow further the impact of strikes in vital public sectors. It seems easy, but experience tells us it won't work. Presently, it's very difficult for a union to organise a strike. There are many hoops and hurdles to go through, and the nursing strike, in probably half the membership, they've been unable to reach the threshold to walk out. Nevertheless, the important thing is they are on strike, and the public think the nurses are on strike. They're not. Some nurses are on strike. The latest round of legislation won't stop workers organising in defence of what they see as rights or omissions. What stops strikes is better industrial relations, dialogue and fairness, not the courts. Thirdly, 
distorting attachments. Westminster is a heady place to work, perhaps toxic, imbued with tradition and privilege, inward-looking and with cultures that extend beyond just workplace practice. The way things are done is both facilitating and exploitative. Enveloping and the 24-7 nature of the news cycle and the extended hours of the parliamentary timetable makes it difficult to look out beyond the palace, the gasworks. MPs' decisions are distorted because their thinking is easily distorted. How to fix it? Three things, really. Limit the number of terms an MP can serve for. It's not a job for life. Strengthen the select committee structure to bring in outside opinion and experience and oblige ministers to follow their recommendations. And thirdly, recognise Parliament is only a workplace and run it like it is, not a club. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This has been Roy Lilly and, well, I look forward to speaking again soon. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.